Coming off the top of the cage, it is the top of the cage podcast. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, Juice Cannon. Normally I say Justin before that, but today we're just going straight into the Juice Cannon. That's fine, dude. Most people just call me Juice anyways. You might former bosses call me Juice. <laughs> That's, I'm fine with that. Uh, we got a great interview for you tonight. Rich Paladino, the voice of New England. If you are if you live in the New England area, or even if you watch Beyond on IWTV or watch Limitless on IWTV, you'll know who Rich Paladino is. He's the man. He's awesome. It was great to have him. He's been on our wish list for a while, and I finally decided to reach out to him, and he responded very quickly, and we got him on very quickly. And that was awesome, and he's definitely going to be coming back in the future stay tuned for that in this episode stay with us you'll get to it we gotta do quick something else real quick though some uh war games talk nxt war games the first war games of 2.0 happened uh last sunday we we're at fet forever so we didn't get to watch it i watched it back and it was pretty good. Just want to do some a couple quick takeaways i won't run through all the matches it's honestly just two things from two matches I want to talk about. Actually, that's why. I'll say one quick thing about the women's war game match. I loved how they used the women's war game match to put over Cora Jade. It was all about showcasing Cora Jade, giving her the moment. And that's cool. I, I've always been a fan of her when she was Elena Black back in the Indies. The whole, like, her getting her shoulder hurt and, like, Io Shirai having popped her back place in the match. And, like, the whole, really, the match revolved around Cora. And I did not see that coming. So I love that. That was interesting. Really revolving about around the new blood that is 2.0. It really was a showcase of 2.0 in this pay-per-view with a couple of ex- exceptions. A second match I want to talk about is uh, Kyle Riley and Von Wagner faced Imperium for the tag team titles. It was, it was a really fun match. And the finish really showcased Imperium's talent as a tag team. Like, uh, the isolation, the perfect tag, like Fabian Eichner was in a – Kyle O'Reilly put Eichner in a submission. Um, Eichner almost tapped, but he was able to power slam him, power slam him, and drag him. Well, before he power slammed him, he dragged him to his corner so Marsupial, Marcel Bartel, could make the tag. Then power bombed him. Well, no, he didn't power bomb. Sorry. Hold him up. Marsupial does the spin. Corkscrew that Ilya Dragunov spin at him, finished the mat- match. It was a really good finish, a finish that showed that they are the better, smarter tag team. And then after the match, Kyle Riley has his back turned to Von Wagner. Von Wagner turns on him, but oh, Von Wagner misses. Kyle O'Reilly knew the knew it was coming. He's he's experienced this before. He is a tag team wrestler through and through. That was his roots. So he knows when a buddy betrays him. So he's ready for it. He stood tall. I love that finish. It really was a cool moment. And I love Kyle Riley standing tall because, Bill, you know Kyle Riley is my boy. And then I'll just get to the last match, just a quick take, and then you can give your takes on a, that match or anything else from War Games. War Games men's match was also a 2.0 showcase. Uh, team 2.01. They almost gave the win to Champa Gargano. They both pinned Breaker together. 
some combo offense, and that would have been a cool finish to give Gargano his spotlight because the pay-per-view is about 2.0 and Gargano. That's what War Games is all about. And the finish almost had Gargano maybe his possibly last uh, takeover, stand tall, but Carmelo pulled the ref away as he's about to make the three count. That leads to Braun Breaker again, the win for his team. Braun Breaker is the guy. He's the guy that's going to lead 2.0 and probably eventually lead the main roster as well. So it was good. It was a great uh, finale match, War Games match. Um, was it the best War Games pay-per-view? No, but it was different than a lot of them. It was still fun. I enjoyed watching all five matches, to be honest. There wasn't a bad thing about it. Were any of them match the year contestants? No. So I, we don't have to redo our wrestling awards. Round two comes out this week. Well, I already came out a few days ago from this podcast. So that's it for War Games Talk for me. I'll shut up now. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I did not tune into War Games, have not had the opportunity to watch it up until this podcast. I did, however, watch the uh, men's War Game match. And my, my couple takeaways are more just praising uh, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover. I thought that the tribute to Johnny with, his gear well you know one piece of it from every gear he's ever had for takeover i thought that was really cool thought rebel heart was a really cool callback i mean i fucking love that theme like i'll be honest that's one of my favorite wrestling themes in the past five years you know i i just think it was really nice i i personally thought that after the champa uh, Gargano double team DIY finisher. I was like, that's it. It's over. Like storybook ending. Beautiful. And then, you know, when Carmelo pulled out the rest foot, I was like, Oh my God. That was, yeah. I, I actually thought it was a really great match. I, I really enjoy the uh, war games matches that uh, NXT has been putting on even in the past. So um, I, you know, if, if you guys at least watch one match from that show and, you know, again, I haven't seen any of the others, but I would definitely recommend at least tuning into that one. Definitely a good way to showcase the uh, young talent while still, uh, making the, uh, veteran guys look good. Yeah. I'd say definitely if you can only watch one match, definitely that one, if you can only watch two matches, I would say that and the tag title match mainly for the finish. I mean, the whole match was good, but like just that how they did the Von Wagner turn and how he wasn't a successful turn because Kyle knew Kyle's a veteran and also just a showcase for Imperium because Imperium is they're elite. They're the ring generals. And I think that finish shows that they're the ring generals that it really fit with their stick and it was good. So the wait is over. You can now listen to Rich because we're going to shut up talking about war games because it's Rich Paladino time. It's time for The Voice. Welcome to Top of the Cage podcast. I am Juice, joined by my co-host, Bill. And this is another interview. It's our first ring announcer. I'm pumped for this one. I'm a big New England wrestling indie fan, so is Bill. So, uh, you know, we're very excited for this. Big fan of this guy. Uh, ring announcer, the voice of New England, it is Rich Palladino himself. How are you doing, Rich? Heard you What's up, guys? Back to the gym. I did. I did. Because this cold New England weather is killing, like, my weight loss journey because I'm too much of a baby to walk when it's 32 degrees out. I think I had messaged you guys that work was a real – my real job was a real pain in the ass today. So, uh I had no choice but tonight, so, and uh, I didn't time everything well. It was a couple minutes late, so thanks for tolerating me, but I'm here, so thank you, and I'm clean, so that's good. Talking about your uh, weight loss journey, uh, you lost 
you're seven pounds away from uh, losing 100 pounds on the year. Yeah. Talk about like how, how you've been doing that. How do you stay fit? Have what's, what's the workout week for uh, rich Paladino? So the workout week is walk at least walking every day. Um, but like I said, now it's cold. So I, I'm actually using my planet fitness membership, um, <laughs> whenever I can, I'm just mostly doing cardio robo, AKA Jorah Joel has sent me messages that now I'm getting weak that I've lost so much weight. So he's given me uh, I have it on a piece of paper back there somewhere, but he's given me instructions on what I need to do now to start building up. So 2021 is let's see how much weight I can lose. 2022 is going to be, let's put some muscle in there. Not used to being, I don't want to say scrawny, but I'm definitely, I need some, I need something. I think that's why I'm cold all the time now too, but yeah, no, I just, I couldn't stand myself anymore. I've been, I'm, I've, I've been heavy my whole life shy of doing a, a hardcore diet like 20 years ago and losing hundred pounds and then slowly putting it all back on. I just couldn't stand myself. And I just never weighed over 300 pounds. And on January 4th, I weighed myself. I was 299 and a half. And I'm like, okay, yeah, can't get much closer than that. So, uh, started, figured I'd quit a week or two later, like I always do and, uh, just stuck with it. So, I mean, I got a new eating habit. It's all eating. It's all healthy eating. And it's actually that I just don't sit all day. I mean, I sit all day for my real job, but now it's like I'm incorporating even just something as simple as walking. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been a blessing. So knock on wood, I don't think I'll hit the hundred before the year closes out, but, uh, you know, beginning of the year, I'll probably hit that. So, but thank you for calling that out. It's nice to talk about real life once in a while. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely want to touch upon it. Cause, um, I'm, I'm a big guy and I'm trying to like lose weight too. So it's, I was like really interested in seeing that journey and like, you look so good now, man. Like you <laughs> Thank you. A, year, a year ago and looking at you now, you're nice and skinny now. You look good, dude. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll, I'll share my, my eating, uh, my eating habits with you uh, when we're off the air. But I mean, it's, it, it, it's a lifestyle change. It really, really is. But when it comes to drinking though, I'm, I'm not denying myself at all. If nothing else, I just get drunker faster because there's less body weight to absorb with the things I put in there. So, but yeah, so I appreciate it, man, though. Thank you very much. No problem. Now we can get back, uh, not back, we can finally start top wrestling. <laughs> this is sure. the wrestling podcast. Yeah. How long have you wanted to announce? When was that the goal? I think it was when I was a little kid. So I started watching wrestling when I was about eight or nine years old. So I'm 52. So I was born in 1969. And I think I discovered wrestling like 1977, 78, superstar Billy Graham, Bob Backlund, Bruno San Martino. I always remember the ring announcer, Joe McHugh on Championship Wrestling, which was their Saturday morning weekly syndicated show from Allentown, PA. Little old guy, nice white shoes, always had a nice suit and you'd say, I'm your ring announcer, Joe McHugh. And I always thought like between him on Championship Wrestling and Gary Michael Capetta on All-Star Wrestling, I was like, that's a pretty cool job. Nobody seems to mess with them. And, you know, they, they, they say names, but they're on TV every week. Like that was always the goal. Like I want to be on TV every week. Now I'm just like, no, I just want to work in wrestling until I friggin' die. If I drop dead in the ring, I'll, I'll be happy. You know, I, I, I really want to just keep, keep doing this, keep doing this. When I see companies like ring of honor, either restructuring or closing down, when I see friends, like actual friends of mine getting released from their dream jobs in WWE, I become more appreciative of being like the king of the Elks Lodge and being the independent guy and being an independent contractor and going wherever I want and doing whatever I want. 
and you know setting my 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 fees and my travel arrangements and my transportation fees and all that stuff it, without a contract I, I got over that the pandemic i was like screw this i never had a contract i'm gonna quit wrestling blah 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 all it took me was like maybe one or two shows back i'm like oh yeah i miss this so damn much so but yeah i mean to answer the question from like three minutes ago <laughs> ever since i was a kid i always wanted to be the ring announcer always i thought i wanted to be a wrestler at one point but yeah no it's that's I, I wouldn't still be going at 52 i don't think if i was a wrestler and you know i i can do this until my voice either gets shot or i or I get shot and die in a ring or something, but it's just been, it's been my life stream. So I'm pretty fortunate. If I can make a living doing it, that'd be awesome. But I'm pretty blessed to be able to do what I do. So you mentioned that you, that you thought you wanted to be a wrestler. Did you at least try it? <laughs> so when I was a kid, I grew up in Reading, Massachusetts and the WWF came to my high school. And I met Mario Mancini, who I'm very proud to say I'm, I still have a friendship with to this day. But I met I met him and Paul Roma, and they had I had said I want to be a wrestler, and they gave me the number to Tony Altamore's gym, which was somewhere in that it was in Milford, Connecticut, and uh, it was called Passerio's Quest, and that was like it wasn't a performance center by any means, but I remember getting the phone number, and I went home, and I grew up single parent household. And I just remember saying to my mom, God rest her soul. I said, uh, I said, Hey mom, I got the number for a wrestling school. It's in Connecticut. You got to take me there. I want to learn how to be a wrestler. She's like, she's like, that's like three hours away. I'm not driving you to Connecticut. So you can like fall on your head and, and whatever. So I knew that was out the window. I didn't even know that like killer Kowalski, like even had a school, you know, I just, you know, I had met somebody from WWF and like I said, that was about, that was the small amount of time where I really thought I wanted to do it. As for the physical training, when the old chaotic training center, now the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, 100 Belmont Ave, North Andover, Massachusetts. But when we opened the school, I forgot who it was, but some of the guys got, were teaching me how to take a bump. And the, the most basic, I guess, thing that they teach you when you take a bump is you got to tuck your chin. And I had many chins at the time. And I held onto the rope and it was like, you know, put your arms out, flat back, anything you learn in a fantasy camp. That's what they were showing me. I hit the back of my head so hard. I'm pretty sure I concussed myself because I had the worst headache for like three or four days. And that was it. It was that one stupid bump. And yeah, I can see you laughing. And I just, yeah, it just, I'm like, no, no. I think the announcing route's uh, more than, more than uh, good enough for me. I, I've, I have had one match though. I have had one match. I'm undefeated. I defeated Larry Legend by disqualification at a Beyond Wrestling show in 2018. So I said, that's it. I'm retiring from active competition because I'm undefeated. I am the Bill Goldberg of ring announcers. So, um, but yeah, never, I, I don't even like doing any physicality, anything like that, because I'm not trained. I don't know how to, I don't know how to take a good bump. And obviously, because I think the back of my head still hurts from 20 years ago, but yeah, never. I'm, I'm happy being an announcer. I mean, you have the best seat in the house ring announcing and you don't have to take any of the physical demands. You're not getting hurt. <laughs> no, 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 it, it is. I mean, I really do. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even take that lately. I have the best job in the world. I have the best seat in the house. Like you said, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan before I'm anything else. And it's like, you know, I mean, 
Sunday at, at Fed Forever. I mean, I bought a Ruby Riot figure from Teddy Goods' toy store because I want to get it signed. But I mean, if I turn this camera around, I have like signed figures of like anybody that I've worked with because I collect figures, I collect magazines. That's my passion. I'm, I, I just love this stuff. So I always tell people I'm a fan first. You know, it's, it is. I'm just, I get to meet people. I, I mean, I have contacts in my phones of people that I've become friends with over the past 28 years. And it's like people I grew up watching are like friends of mine now. And it's like, it's pretty friggin' cool. So rest of my life, yeah, you know, the rest of my life's pretty cool, but it's just like, this has been my dream. And it's just like, I'm living it out. And I'm going to ride it out as long as I can. I know all about the, the collecting. I mean, I, I do Pokemon cards personally. So, okay. Um, There's you know, some money in those too. Oh, trust me. I, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I'd love to know, do you have like a Holy Grail or is there just one piece that you hold higher than the rest of your collection? Because I was such a fan of Bruno San Martino growing up, I have a, a signed classics WWE action figure that I got um, signed by Bruno. And and like we were saying earlier, it's like I get all these things signed because I'm working on the card and I know these people. I have maybe three or four things that I've paid to get signed. And one of them was Bruno because that was like, like when I grew up, Bruno wasn't the champion anymore. He was the, uh, he was like the special attraction. He was, you know, close to retiring but not quite and he would have feuds with you know Nikolai Volkov and then the feud with Zabisco and all that stuff I just grew up I'm like this guy's Italian this guy like lived on the side of a mountain in Italy somewhere and you know and, and he was a commentator too when I started watching and he was just always 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 my favorite so I mean holy grail right now is I am really into collecting old programs I mean I always bought the program like at the cards when I was a kid and they were like a dollar at the Boston Garden but now it's like all the shows I didn't go to I'm I want to get as many as I can they're not cheap but I don't have a holy grail per se I mean I guess for action figures it would be like all those black cards and stuff like that that you know I'm not willing to invest in right now until you know after I get my kids into college and whatnot but it'd be nice to have the whole LJN series but for now yeah it's it's pretty bad though. I mean, I, I have stuff in my attic. I have a closet over there. It's just full of stuff. I just, I'm just a super fan, I guess. I'm Mark, I don't care. I freaking love this business. So get uh, all my stuff signed and that's what makes, that's what makes me happy even at 52 years old. So I'm, I'm a man child. Neither of us can judge you for that because Bill said he collects Pokemon cards and I, I'm big sports memorabilia and wrestling memorabilia guy. Yeah. I also collect that stuff. I mean, I have a mix of like wrestling and like football and hockey. No, it's cool. And like my favorite part of the going to these events, I mean, I love watching them. I'm a wrestling fan because I like watching wrestling, but yeah. going to these indie shows and getting like to meet the wrestlers that I get to watch matches and having Simon stuff, it's so cool. Like like Ruby, we talked about Ruby on Sunday at Fet Forever and John Silver being there and getting to meet John Silver. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I, I love seeing everybody make it like to that next level, whether it's WWE, AEW, Impact, wherever, and then seeing them, th those that are able to still do independence. And it, it's awesome. The same thing when I saw Ruby on um, Sunday, like I hadn't seen her for like five, six years. She was like, Oh my God, you look amazing. I was like, Oh, she remembers. Okay. And but, I mean, she was a sweetheart. I gave her my merch table. Cause you know, I sell t-shirts, I sell pictures, but I will not, I will not say on the microphone, go buy my t-shirt because I think everybody should give their money to the wrestlers. But, and if you ever told me, 
10, 15, 20 years ago that I'd have a t-shirt with my picture on it and people would buy it. I would say you're crazy, but there were like no tables. You, you guys saw the balcony up there. She, there was no table space for her. I just cleared all my stuff and she was like, no, no. And I'm like, please, nobody bought a ticket to see me. They came to see Ruby Soho, Heidi Loveless, whatever you want to call her. And that was it. And then, you know, so she's, she's a sweetheart, but, um, but yeah, that that I, I love seeing guys like like you said, like John Silver and Alex Reynolds. I love when I'm watching them on my TV, and then I'm saying their name in a ring. It's 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 just awesome. I feel like like a proud papa. Not that I had anything to do with teaching them anything that they're doing, but you know, it's just you know just a good bunch of guys and girls putting their best foot forward and giving back to the Indies. And you could see the emotion in her eyes too on um, Sunday. Yeah, I mean. I mean, she was that reception, those streamers. I mean, she just, she literally, she was like, she had tears in her eyes. I started to well up because it was so emotional for her. And, um, you know, I'm like, wow, this is pretty awesome. Oh, and by the way, Alex Shelley's coming out next. How amazing is this? Is that we're going to start this party? It's just ridiculous. But yeah, best job in the world. obviously you're a ring announcer so you, you just talk a little briefly but have you ever commentated commented or wanted to commentate i actually did commentary for chaotic for close to 20 years from the very beginning and during the pandemic chase had asked if i'd mind stepping away because um reginald kensington the third who uh helps out with training at the chaotic school was a wrestler in England, like legitimately the whole nine. He'd always wanted to do commentary. And I always tell people I'm a far better ring announcer than I am commentator. It's a lot of work for commentary. And for those first, whatever, 18, 19 years of chaotic, I was doing commentary and ring announcing and ringing the bell. And, you know, just it's, it's a lot of hats to wear. So I'm much happier now. Just make me the bell ringer, you know, and, uh, and let me be the ring announcer. So I do it every now and again for limitless wrestling up in Maine. Randy Carver seems to like my style for commentary and they do sometimes rotate guys in and out uh, of the commentary booth there. So yeah, I, I've always wanted to do it. And then I did it for a long time and I miss it. If I had the choice, if, if I had the option, you know, but who am I? at this stage of my career to say, yeah, no, I'm going to keep doing that too. So, you know, I miss it, but I don't miss it. So, I mean, the only other announcing thing that I really love to, I love doing interviews. I got asked by a, a, a smaller promotion out in the area recently to come by their school and just help work with some of the younger kids on promos and stuff like that. Cause a lot of times you need a good stick man to help lead somebody through a promo and they lose their thoughts and stuff like that. I, I, I enjoy that, that part of the job too, just cause it's like, I get to be mean Gene, you know, I get to be Joe McHugh, Gary Capetta, Howard Finkel, the greatest of all time, Howard Finkel and mean Gene with backstage interviews and whatnot. So, so I'm sure a lot of those guys you just named are definitely influences for you. Is there anything that you kind of take with your announcing style from them? Or is there anything that you do specifically that kind of, sets you apart from everybody else a lot of people give me credit for the one fall thing but i mean they were saying one fall when i was a kid because i remember my brother would always give me shit i'm glad you guys said i could swear on this too he would always give me shit he goes oh look i'm a wrestler i fell down the match is over uh, and i'm like uh, whatever i try no i try and just 
do my own thing. I've been watching some of my old stuff. Uh, Teddy had actually sent me a link to an old ECW house show, or uh, it was actually a taping we had done in Waltham, Massachusetts, back in '97 or '98. And I was watching, and I was like, "Oh, I wasn't that good back then." I don't, I don't know. Not that I think I'm that much better now, but you learn stuff as you go along. And I always just try and put it my most professional foot forward because to me. I insist on wearing a tuxedo because that's the level of respect I have for the business. When I go to a show and I see somebody in like a t-shirt and shorts or, you know, unless your name's MLJ, who has made it his own thing. When I just see like a non-professional ring announcer, it drives me absolutely insane. So I just, I take my job way too seriously. I have too much respect for the business. I invest in my own tuxedos, my own vests, my own bow ties, the shoes, everything that goes into it because I want to say yes. Yeah, no, I'm not going to prom. I'm not going to a wedding. I'm going to I'm going to announce wrestlers' names because I respect the business that much. That's how much I that's how I I dress that way. So Howard Finkel is the greatest ring announcer of all time, but I never wanted to be Howard Finkel. I just always wanted to be Rich Paladino. But you know, I became good friends with Howard for years, years and years before he had passed. And uh, you know, he would give me pointers and always talk about inflection and things like that. But you know. You can't, you don't want to be Howard Finkel. There's only one Howard Finkel. So um, I just, my own style, my own thing, you know, and like I said, there's, I didn't create one fall, but man, I love it when everybody yells it back. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So for aspiring ring announcers, what would you recommend them to do to get into it? Set up some rings put up some chairs, introduce yourself to a promoter. I've, I, I get asked that a lot too. Uh, as long as you're not trying to work for chaotic beyond or limitless, have at it. Um, those are my three priorities. And, you know, when Chase took over, Chase Delmonte took over chaotic, he said, you know, the ring announcing gig is yours until you decide you don't want it anymore. I traveled to one of the beyond shows in, in Atlantic city, the summer of the pandemic. And I told Drew Cordero that, I was having thoughts of walking away and he was like, no, you're not doing that. No, that's just not going to happen. And Randy Carver up in, in Maine just seems to really enjoy having me on the show. So what was the question? I completely lost sight of it. What can you say to someone who would want to become, how do they become a ring announcer? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say go to some, buy a ticket, go to some independent shows See, do they have a Rich Paladino? Do they have a Bobby Cruz? Do they have, you know, somebody that that's established? If not, if just you can tell if it's like that guy that's wearing a polo shirt and has a clipboard in his hand and just got stuck ring announcing, you know, introduce yourself to the promoter, offer to help out and ask them what to do. I mean, as far as the role itself, I always tell people like, you're not the center of attention. Yes, I get a lot of attention after 28 years now, and I, I and I'm truly appreciative of it. But your job is to put over the talent, not yourself. Dress the part, and take it seriously. You know, don't don't go in there and buy a big top hat and put a clown nose on, and you know, put some bling on your fingers or something, and think that you know, you know, people are there see you or something. Those are things. Just respect for the business, dress the part. Uh, and offer to help out. You don't just walk in off the street. I mean, granted, I did, but that was 1993 because of my mentor, the Boston bad boy, Tony Rumble, God rest his soul, which could be a, an episode in itself. Got to have something to offer. So uh, like I would say, buy a ticket, offer to help out, set up chairs, 
run some cable, whatever, whatever the promotion may need to help their show run. Um, be the best advice I can give. That's great. No, that, that, that's actually pretty inspiring too. I mean, you know, I, we've always talked about wanting to, to get into the business and like Justin said, you know, we're definitely not the most athletic guys in the room, but, you know, seeing, seeing announcers and, you know, commentators and just, you know, even generally managers, I know managers typically are trained wrestlers as well, but yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's really, you know, cool to see that there is, you know, you can chase that dream of wanting to be in wrestling and see somebody like you after 28 years, make it and, you know, have, still have so much fun with it. That's, that's just awesome. Yeah, and it's a very limited role, too. I mean, granted, there's a friggin' promotion, especially here in New England on every street corner. If I could just get all these people to just stop running on the same night and cutting, taking paydays away from the, the actual talent. I, I've had, since the pandemic, since the world opened back up, I've had nights where I've had two and three bookings from different promoters that all want me on the same night. And it's if it's not beyond chaotic or limitless, those are my priorities. And then, then it goes, you know, pecking order who booked me first, if it's not one of those three, but you know, there's so many different promotions out there right now. It's just, um, the, the, the ring announcer spot, you know, sometimes I feel guilty. I've made a name for myself and I, I, I work for the best companies in new England. I say that unabashedly and, and I feel bad for people that actually do want to get into it. But at the end of the day, I'd, I'd feel worse for myself for walking away to give somebody else an opportunity because I've worked hard for this. And, uh, you know, those tuxedos and vests and bow ties, they ain't cheap. So, I mean, I got to keep working to support my look. My goal is for uncharted territory. I've, I've been, I, I actually, I actually have the list right here. It's not showing up good on camera, but I keep track of what I'm trying to do all 13 weeks without repeating the same color. So, I mean, I'm putting some good money into this stuff. You know, that's, that's just my thing is I just, I just wanted to look as professional as possible. And I'm, I'm happy to help anybody out there that needs help, but you know, I'm not walking away. So somebody else, I'm, I'm still living my dream. So th that'll, those will probably be the people that'll shoot me like during a show and then, then I will be gone and then somebody else can have it. So I'm completely sober too, by the way, I don't know why I'm, rambling on like this we love it honestly i mean we <laughs> we we ramble ourselves too i mean we we do a part of our podcast that's just uh, justin and i you know shooting the shit about what's going on in wrestling or just bringing up different debates or topics so i, I mean we it. we love it too <laughs> so yeah. please ramble on <laughs> ramble yeah on yeah <laughs> like led zeppelin ramble yeah. on baby ramble on. yeah man it's uh yeah but i mean that's like I, I mean you think it's hard to get in as a wrestler i mean imagine as an announcer or a referee it's a very to one guy role you don't need three ring announcers on a show i've been on shows where they've had multiple ring announcers it is a cluster f you know what but yeah so you know but they, like i said there's enough independent promotions especially right here in new england that if somebody wants to go live their dream i'm happy to give them any advice they can work their way in somewhere else just stay out of my promotions because in all honesty i mean there, there's you know there's somebody like always waiting in the wings and there are people like that I'll contact like every now and again, real life gets in the way and I'm going to miss a show. You, you got to start somewhere, you know, I mean, it started for the century wrestling Alliance in 1993 with Tony rumble. That wasn't by no means, that was no small promotion either. I mean, I, 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 I ramble on and on about this cause I am just so fortunate and I'm so 
proud of the fact that like I broke in with a guy that I watched on TV. I watched Tony Rumble on ICW every Saturday with the Savoldis. And, you know, and that was the first guy that I worked for and he knew everybody. And I was going backstage at WCW shows. And when I started with ECW, everybody knew Tony Rumble. I knew Tommy Dreamer, Taz and the Eliminators, you know, just from the few years that I had been in the business. So, you know, just, it's very fortunate, but not everybody's path is going to be the same as mine. So I'm just super lucky, at least on Thursday nights and weekend nights, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five. I'm not so lucky, but, but um, nah, I can't say that. I have, I have a good day job and they love that I'm a wrestling announcer. They call me the voice, actually. Uh, my first boss at my real job, first day on the job, my old boss said, I got to write, I got to do a bio and introducing you bio. Do you have any interesting hobbies or anything that I can put into this? And I hadn't told them at the job before that, what I did on the side. And I decided to tell him, I said, yeah, I said, I'm a, I'm a pro wrestling ring announcer. And he was like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm like weekend warrior. Like I put on a tuxedo and I, I say people's names and in a wrestling ring in like VFW halls. He looked me up and saw the voice in New England thing. So now it's like, whenever I walk into our office in New York, they're all like, the voice is here. You know, it's just, now I've just become the voice. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. I have the support of like my boss at my real job came to a beyond show, like the first season, uh, second season of uncharted territory. He has never been the same since then the pandemic hit. Now, as we're starting to open back up, they all want to come up here and tour the new England market for, for our job. And, come to a show and you know as as we've been talking about you know thursday nights i mean that that's perfect for the for the work week you know and that's what we did planned a meeting with one of our customers on a thursday and then my boss came to a show and has never been the same since he just freaking loves it so he has my t-shirt he'll wear it like on zoom calls like this for work and stuff yeah it's i'm yeah super super lucky i guess <laughs> So you talked about working with uh, Rumble and uh, Dreamer before. What are some of the people in wrestling that you've got to announce or watch wrestle live that you're most proud of or just excite you the most? When I first broke in, without a doubt, Superfly Jimmy Snuka. I have a I have a T-shirt over on the wall. On the I'm staring at it right now. He was my favorite, one of my favorites when I was a kid uh, with the whole babyface turn. I don't know how familiar you guys are with old, old school stuff. But when they turned Snooka Babyface and he left Captain Lou Albano and Ray Stevens, Ray the Crippler Stevens gave him the pile driver on the floor and the blood and all that stuff. Uh, Snooka was like more popular than Bob Backlund, who was the champion at the time. Well, anyways, I went to a t-shirt shop because there were no like Jimmy Snooka t-shirts back in those days. So I went to a t-shirt shop and I had them put letters, Jimmy, Superfly, Snooka, and then on the back it said number one. And probably about 10 or 11 years ago, I worked a show with him and I got it signed. And um, my wife got it framed for me last year. It's like part of my office, that and the Hogan back there, which I got signed from Hogan at a an appearance at like a world gym or something. So yeah, so the first time that I got to introduce Jimmy Snooka was 
like, I'm like, I can't believe I get to introduce Superfly Snooker. And I was a big fan of Tony Atlas too. And he was on my very, very first show, um, as was Dreamer, as was Taz. So, but I mean, yeah, when you asked that question though, the first one I thought of was like, I get to announce Jimmy Snooker. And uh, yeah, and then I ended up doing many shows with him you know, over the years and stuff too. And I even was asked to induct him into the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Joe Bruin has the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And he had asked me if I would do the induction. And I think I did like a 12 minute like speech recapping Jimmy's whole history. And and then Jimmy just came up and basically said, I love you and brother. And that was it. I mean, I talked for 12. He talked for like one and a half. And uh, he was, he was really, he was a really really cool guy it was just like surreal like whenever i got to hang out with him there's been countless you know guys ted dibiase i grew up watching him as a baby face when he was like the north american champion nobody really knew who he was you know pre-million dollar man you know i'm just looking at you know some of the figures around me here but i mean you know it's just uh i still get that thrill like i still get that thrill I'm like oh my god i get to announce so-and-so that's pretty cool like looking over there. I've announced AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Chris Sabin, Alex Shelley. That's my TNA wall. Jay Lethal. It's like, you know, those are like current guys, but it's like anytime I've worked with like even an Iron Sheik or Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant or, or Bob Backlund or any of those guys. I'm like, oh my God, I grew up watching these guys and now I get to say their names. It's pretty friggin' cool. But everything I do, every name I say, it's like I make it like it's WrestleMania. And, but nobody really realizes how awesome that is like to me personally to be able to do these things so no and, and you can tell the passions there for you that's that's what i think is so beautiful especially when people chase their dreams and chase their passions is as long as you're putting yourself 100 out there which it yeah. seems like you have for 28 years i mean that's it's a yeah. very beautiful thing to see and it's it's i Thanks. love that you're still so passionate <laughs> about it all this time later yeah yeah i just i, I don't know someday i'm gonna grow up my dad always <laughs> says that he always thought you'd outgrow that and i'm like you know, my dad's an entertainer. He, he actually, um, well, I shouldn't say that he's 84 years old now, but, um, he's always played in bands. So it's funny because he, as you know, he played weddings and all these other things, but then he would do like the singles dances or, you know, the bar mitzvahs, or, you know, whatever. And it was funny because as my girl was starting to go up and his was going down and be like, oh, I'm doing a show with the Lawrence Elks or Knights of Columbus. He's like, I used to do dances there. So I'm like, our careers have kind of like the, the, the paths have crossed. And, you know, now he's lucky if he plays a nursing home or two, you know, a couple times a month, but you know, it's just, it's just funny. And that's where I think I got my passion. Like he's always loved music and he still does music. I've always loved wrestling and I get to do wrestling at least in an announcing capacity and but that's definitely where i got my showmanship from uh, my mom like i said god rest her soul lost my mom uh earlier this year if i didn't have this beard i look like my mom but my personality is my dad and he's very bombastic i took my dad my favorite band of all time i don't think anybody's i don't think it's a secret to anybody is kiss and my best friend who's been my best friend since kindergarten could not go he had a family commitment that he couldn't get out of. I took my dad to see Kiss. My dad is 84 years old. He is in amazing shape. He stood on his feet for the entire performance. And 
loved it. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's just kind of funny, but you know, he loves music. I love music, but then my sense of showmanship and not minding being in the center of attention and all that stuff definitely comes from him because he is the biggest handball you'll ever meet in your life. So, you know, but, uh, he is available if he does stroll with the accordion and sing the old Italian songs too. So Chris Dickinson and Drew Cordero actually want to go see my dad, like, cause he'll play like at these little Italian restaurants in the Medford area where he lives. And yeah, the Dickinson's like, I got to see this. And I'm like, we got to make it happen. So Dick, dirty daddy wants something to happen. You make it happen. So, and then the pandemic hit, but anyways. Oh, it sounds, it sounds like, I mean, just even from your dad as well. I mean, it seems like you guys know how to have a good time. So yeah. one of the questions I want to ask, I mean, being in the business for close to 30 years at this point, you have to have a good story or two about going out with the wrestlers, right? <laughs> it was funny. I used to just go do my thing and just go home. Most of the, I don't really, I, I mean, I don't want to incriminate anybody. I, I will say the bulk of my, uh, my uh, my partying ways have come from one Chase Delmonte and the Logan brothers because I've been with Chaotic for 20-something years, but those are like some of my best friends in the business. I do remember we had Eugene on a couple of shows years ago, and we ended up back at Chase's old apartment. And it was we had we had Eugene for two nights, and he was flying out the next morning. So instead of getting him to his hotel Saturday night so he'd catch his flight on Sunday morning, yeah, we stayed up and drank at Chase's until about five in the morning. And this really isn't like that funny of a story, but it's things like that where we were just like, I'm hanging out with like Nick Dinsmore, who was like OVW, big deal in WWE, still a, a great trainer and teacher and performer and personality. And I remember he was staying at a hotel the Andover area. And I remember Chase said, would you mind driving him? So, you know, once I slept for a couple hours and felt that I could drive him, I remember I took him to his hotel and his flight was at like 7.30. And he was just, I was taking him to the hotel just so he could check out and then go to Logan. And he was like, do you want to just crash here? You didn't really, you, you were up all night. Do you want to just crash here? Um, you know, the room's already paid for. I was like, yeah, sh- be great. I f- tell my wife that I wasn't coming home. And I fell asleep in a random hotel room and we had to go to a family event like the next day. And I knew I had to, and I set my alarm, but it was like 11 in the morning. <laughs> She's like, where are you? I'm like, I looked around, I'm like some hotel in Andover. I dropped Eugene off here. He had to go to the hotel. He had to go to the airport. So he gave me his room. I just slept here because we were up drinking all night. Imagine being a spouse of somebody and you hear that on the other end of the line. Like, why wouldn't you think something worse than that happened? But that was the God honest truth. I remember there was a, a former chaotic wrestling that worked. Um, I won't say the name. He's been out of the business for years anyways, but he worked part-time at a uh, gentleman's establishment, if you will. Let's just say North northern new england and i remember doing shows up in northern new england and having like vip passes to said gentleman's club and then i'd go up with i will say who my travel partners were like my best friend john walters um i don't know if you guys remember vince vicalo back in the day i think it was just the three of us and we were like oh we're gonna go do a show up in northern new england and oh and then we're just gonna go drinking and go to a gentleman's club and yeah, we'll find a room later. Yeah, there were no rooms to be had because it was like middle of the summer. And we drove and drove and drove and didn't find a room till four in the morning. And then 
Vince Vicalo, look him up. He, he was a, he was a great wrestler, early, early chaotic, uh, good time Vince Vicalo, but he liked to party more than anybody. And he was probably the drunkest of all of us. And we finally find a room at like four in the morning crash at like four thirty-five o'clock and at seven o'clock, he's asking for the keys so we can go to the gym. And I'm like, what, what is this life? How do you drink all night, sleep for two or three hours and then go to a gym and get it. I don't understand it, but yeah, I, I can tell you my ECW days. I, I never like really went out with the roster or anything after, cause I was just too intimidated. And I was just like the outside guy, but I can tell you that I was, uh, I was, I was Sandman's, I was Sandman's ice man. He used to call me ice man. Cause my job was to fill up his cooler with ice back when I did maybe smoke cigarettes back in the day. I was called the source by Balls Mahoney whenever he needed a cigarette. I was his source to get a cigarette. And I won't name a name, but there, there was a prominent member of the roster that was asking me if I knew where the local hood was so he could get some uh, some drugs. And I'll just leave it at that. So, I mean, these are things you just can't experience in any other life form, any other walk of life, I should say. But uh, I wouldn't change it for the world, though. <laughs> it's, and I never did go to the hood because I didn't know where it was or how to buy drugs and stuff honest right hand of god so it's uh it's quite the quite the experience and it sounds <laughs> like you've had a a wild and fun ride doing this and still doing it and still having fun so it's time for us to get to um our our final question night sure it's kind of kind of change this question depending on the type of guess we have but it's like this uh same type of question we ask for all i guess for you it's what's a dream name or dream match for you to announce. It can be any wrestler all time live or dead. And it can be any type of match too. Wow. Wow. I, I, that nobody's ever asked me that everybody's always asked me like my favorite matches or wow, that would be something. Wow. That's I mean, I guess if it's anybody alive or dead, I would have loved to have said from Abruzzi, Italy, 247 pounds, the living legend, Bruno Sammartino, against anybody. Even if it was a personal appearance, like even if I could have just brought him to the ring, I guess that would be just him against anybody in any kind of match because I was just such a fan of his. But if, if, if I was thinking like for today, man... You guys really stumped me on that one. Does everybody else answer these? Because everybody else is probably wrestlers and they probably have an idea of, I, I mean, just say, like I said, every name is just like a blessing. I can't really think of there's anybody that I haven't announced that, you know, I wished I had. I don't know. I want, I, I, I just want to say Biff Busick again, but, and not Oni Lorcan. I, I guess to answer it, like, you know, the short route would just be anything if I could have announced Bruno San Martino to the ring just once. You know, I've, I've announced John Cena to the ring as a guest referee for chaotic in 2007. Um, I announced the ultimate warrior to the ring for a big time wrestling show in Boston years and years ago. I announced Snooka who was one of my favorites growing up. I've had Bob Backlund on shows who was, you know, the champion when I was growing up. Uh, I guess I'd have to say Bruno San Martino against Ric Flair, I guess. Cause that's, you know, but I've also announced Ric Flair to a show like, like as, as a special guest for, for the XWA, my first XWA show was a tribute to his son, Reed, who wrestled for the promotion. So I actually got to stand in a ring next to Ric Flair while a video of his son played. And that was pretty surreal. So I'll go with Bruno San Martino against Ric Flair in a Texas death match. 
So um, any kind of match, it wouldn't matter. So I don't know if that's what you were hoping for, but no, that that's 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 beautiful. <laughs> that's exactly the kind of answer we're looking for. Usually, we yeah. do ask a part two of current wrestlers, but uh, if you don't really have anybody off the top of your head right now, we're we Biff. Wanna... That works. Yeah, we, we we'll take Biff. He's called Biff before, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm super excited to have him back, and I really I really do. I mean, if I gotta throw two names of guys that were recently i hate to say released i just want to say misused that i'd love to have back in a beyond ring or a chaotic ring or anywhere it'd be biff Fusick and keith lee that's you know i i don't know what what keith lee's plans are but you know day 91 is coming up sooner than later for all those guys so these are the things i look forward to you know just having my wrestling son anthony green uh, i call him my wrestling son because he calls me dad and my, <laughs> and my son who lives in this house his name is Anthony. So Anthony Green has always been my wrestling son. And then Anthony Palladino has always been my real son. And I don't work with any wrestlers named Daniela because that's his twin sister. Just when Anthony Green was available again. And I've worked a ton of shows with him too. It's just, it just makes me so happy. And that he's doing these things and still continuing to do them and now doing stuff with AEW and whatnot. So it's, it's pretty awesome. So I'm sorry, just hijacked the show again. But I know I said that would be the last question, but I have just one quick follow up. For Please, a anything. He said, uh, so Biff, we, I mean, we were there when Biff was announced for day 91. Yeah. And we know you probably have a good idea of some things that are going to happen, Joe. And we're not asking you to tell. I'm just curious, who would you like to see Biff versus? at beyond just forget you have an inside as a fan who would you like to see him don't you don't have to say any insider stuff no and and honestly i don't i right hand to god if i had a bible i put my hand on i don't even know who he's wrestling on february 4th i honestly don't somebody had a really cool tweet and said biff and slade that's the match which um i, I would definitely love to see but i feel like that's something we need to build towards I'm just trying to think like current roster. I'd love to see Biff in there with Alec Price because I'm very high on that kid right now just because he's just come so far so damn fast. But as far as the entire roster, I'd love to see Biff and Wheeler Yuta. I'd love to see Biff and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. I'd love to see, try to think who else. Those are two that, that, that I think of top of mind anyways. But I'd also love to go back to my first Beyond show, which was American Rana 13, and see Biff and Eddie Edwards one more time in a Beyond wrestling ring. I think that would be frigging phenomenal. You know, so I mean, I've given you a bunch of different ones. Or Biff against Keith Lee, like I was saying earlier. I'd love to see the two of them see how those styles match up too. You know, I got to spend some time with, with Biff a few weeks ago. He was home for a wedding and we closed down a bar nearby. He grew up in a town a couple towns away from where I live and he was there he was home for a, for a wedding and uh, for actually Teddy Good's wedding. And um, we met up on a Friday night and I couldn't get there till my kid had a football game. I didn't get there till like 10 o'clock and we closed the, like the lights were coming on. And he was like, don't worry, you're going to see me. The first independent show I do is going to be for beyond. And I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah. So, so I'm super excited for that. But yeah, I, I just think I'm a big fan of Utah. I'm a big fan of, um, Hot sauce, you know, I mean, they wrestled uh, against each other last week and they're going to be teaming up this Thursday on uh, Uncharted Territory. I don't know when this is dropping, but I'm just talking like we're three guys sitting in a bar without beer and um, just talking about wrestling. But, 
you know, those are some of the things I'd love to see. And now that Matt Taven and, and Mike Bennett are out there too, either one of them with Biff would be awesome. But, but I guess when all is said and done, the matches, if you, if you, if you've seen them on IWTV, then, you know, and if you haven't, I suggest you watch them, but Biff and Eddie Edwards, just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So is it the Iron Man or is there a different one? That, that, there was the Iron Man match. Um, they were also part of the, um, what was the four-way thing that we called? Uh, Greatest Rivals Round Robin, where we had Tim Thatcher, Drew Gulak, Eddie Edwards, and Biff Busick in a round robin tournament. And then I think we also had a tag match with Biff. Oh, I'm going to botch this now. But Eddie Edwards, maybe Biff and Roddy Strong against Eddie Edwards and somebody else. I can't remember because I say so many names in so many years and there's so many, it's like when a wrestler goes, you watch my match, what'd you think? I'm like, well, like nine of them tonight. It's hard to remember like one spot in your match when I watched eight other ones too, you know? But yeah, the Iron Man match, not a lot of guys can pull off commanding your attention for 60 minutes and those two certainly did, so. I know you were worried about rambling on and uh, taking over the show, but trust us, Rich. I mean, we had an absolute pleasure having you on. I mean, it was, it was great conversation. Like you said, it just felt like we were just a couple of guys sitting in a bar without beer, but you know, those, those are the best ones and we appreciate that, but we want to give the final couple minutes of the show here for you to plug, promote anything you want to be it upcoming show, social media, merch, whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm going to grab my calendar, too, because I, I, to me, it's like I, I love when support independent wrestling. It's like my little hashtag whenever. I, each month, I usually put a thing on my social media of all the shows I'm doing. Um, but as far as my social media, I am Rich Palladino, two L's on Facebook. I'm at Rich Palladino on Beyond because I'm not that clever to come up with something cooler. And I'm Ringside Rich on the Instagram. That's about it. I have one video on TikTok that I made with my daughter. I don't know. You say things, and I, I, but that's it for me. December, every Thursday night, Beyond Wrestling at the White Eagle in Worcester. Uh, limit, uh, so when is this dropping? Roughly. Friday. Friday. Yeah. All right. So when this drops Friday, tonight, Friday night, you can see me in uh, Yarmouth, Maine for Limitless Wrestling. Uh, every Thursday night thereafter in uh, Worcester for Beyond Wrestling, Uncharted Territory. Uh, Friday, December 17th, Chaotic Wrestling in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. And then I've been joking and saying that the Restival, I want to push the Restival, uh, which is Thursday, December 30th. Friday, December 31st, Saturday, January 1st. You might as well start calling it Rich Paladino's Restival because I think there are seven shows and I'm already doing at least four of them. So that will include Beyond Wrestling Uncharted Territory season finale, Thursday the 30th. I will be ring announcing for Action and Southern Underground Pro on New Year's Eve afternoon uh, before Beyond Wrestling Heavy Lies the Crown, and then I will also be ring announcing for Limitless on New Year's Day night. Uh, might be there for Pizza Party Wrestling, waiting for that confirmation to come in, and if my buddy Matt Tremont needs a ring announcer, then I will just slide right in there and do some hardcore H2O for my buddy, the bulldozer Matt Tremont. Blitzkrieg already has um, my buddy Matthew James, and I'm pretty sure he will definitely be there representing Blitzkrieg, but yeah, see, I'll even ramble with the plugs. Uh, the rest of all, those three days, get your tickets at uh, IW, shopiwtv.com. Get a subscription to IWTV. And if you use the passcode one fall, 
that's right one fall i get a little kickback if you stay on as a uh as a regular subscriber but yeah subscribe to independent wrestling tv that is uh the moral of the story support my home promotions chaotic beyond limitless support independent wrestling and uh no none of you young ring announcers try and take my job at those three prom promotions or uh i think the fans will kill them before i get a chance to so <sighs> that's it buy my merch but i'll never announce it on a show but i'm always at my table so um that's it. This has been a pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we put this together. I'm pissed he had Kevin Quinn on before me, though. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just I'm so just kidding. That's my travel partner. So I am so just kidding. So No, but I mean, we love having you both and Quinn as well. <laughs> Quinn and you both of you are great. Don't don't got to worry about being the old guys with technology. So far, you two have been some of the easiest ones to work with. So Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, combined, we're over 100 years old. So that's a lot of experience and knowledge right there. So Anytime, guys. This has been an absolute pleasure. And maybe uh, just please flag me down next time you're in Worcester. And we'll actually sit in a bar after the show and, and have a beer and talk about all the things we didn't talk about on the air here today. Sure. I'm, I'm, we would love that. Yeah. Thank you again, Rich. We appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Thank you. Rich Palladino, everybody. What a guy. Such a fun interview, such a fun guy to just sit and talk around. I know he mentioned it in the uh, podcast himself, but it was almost like we we're just a couple guys sitting in a bar with no beer. I mean, those are the best kind of conversations. They flow nicely. You know, even though we have some prepared questions for most of our guests, a lot of those questions, you know, just came up naturally from the conversation, things we genuinely wanted to know more about Rich and a guy who's been in the business for 28 years. There's plenty of knowledge, plenty of wrestling history, plenty of wrestling stories that Rich can tell, and we cannot wait to have him back. Definitely. He was an easy guy to talk to. He had a lot of great interviews, everyone every I'm proud of, and that's one, one of the ones I'm most proud of. That was a great one. Rich is the man. Uh, I was so excited. I already said it earlier. I was so excited when he responded because uh, we, we've seen him on a couple shows, and we popped for him. We just saw him recently in Providence. We both went wild for Rich. Yeah, so that was awesome to talk to him. You probably won't remember this, Rich, but uh, during one of the match in between points, uh, I screamed, hi, Rich, and waved at you, and you waved back at me. So, no, yeah, made, we both made, waved at him. <laughs> that made my night. Waved at us, Billy. <laughs> Definitely catch up to him in the future. For sure. So, that, that wraps up top cage i'll do my little social media plug twitter all capital letters t-o-t-c underscore p and then lowercase o-d instagram t-o-t-c underscore pod all lowercase letters definitely more active on instagram but follows from both i'm still we're still active on twitter as well still want to interact with you guys um We've been doing a lot of interviews, so not as many like PGRs or Youngstead Spotlights. Definitely still interact with us, and when that stuff comes up, send us some recommendations. We'll definitely shout you out and stuff like that. Um, if you have any questions for guests, too, ask. I know we don't usually announce them prior because I, I don't want to like jinx us. <laughs> Sometimes people have to cancel, but um, if there's one that we definitely know is going to happen, they're not going to cancel someone we know i'll announce it prior you can send some questions in and one last thing 
and then I'm, I'll shut up for good. Top of the cage, end of year wrestling awards. Round two has begun. At this point, we're three days into it when this episode comes out. So keep voting. You already voted? I don't care. Vote again. Get as many votes as possible. Uh, spread it. Share it. Retweet it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You guys are the best. I love y'all.